Thank you for tuning into our podcast. We hope that you enjoy this message. You are welcome to visit us at 1800 Apostle Johnson Way in Annapolis, Maryland, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. And be sure to check us out at www.thefcca.org. Good morning, church. You can be seated. You can be seated today. We have some people going back to school in the next week. Um, some young, some seasoned, but either way, it's back to school season. We have people that have already gone. Um, I saw on Facebook, Timothy already gone back to school starting his senior year. I'm not going to lie. I thought uh, Timothy was just a sophomore, and he is now going through his senior year. So in honor of our students going back to school, I would like to invite you to the very first and the very last day of Mrs. Ryan's classroom. Today, the lesson is titled, This Generation. We will cover history, language arts, and a Bible study all in under 30 minutes. Only if school was really like that. <laughs> so we're gonna jump right in. You can stay seated because you're gonna need your textbooks. Does everybody have their textbooks, either on their phone or on their iPads, on paper, in a book? You need a textbook. And we're going to turn to 1 Peter chapter 2, verses 4 through 9. Before we get into this word, let us pray. Amen. Father God, in the precious name of Jesus, you have seen us up into this point, Lord God. You have blessed us through song. You have blessed us through dance. You have blessed us even through the announcements and our ability to jest, Lord God, when the unforeseen occurs. Father God, so now I just pray that you bless us through this word, Lord God, that you remove Daphne, Lord God, and that you fill me with your spirit, Lord God, that your word comes forth, Lord God, that you would have this generation to receive, that they may take it, run with it, and bless those that they come in contact with. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Amen. So 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 4 through 10, actually. Coming to him as to a living stone, rejected indeed by men, but chosen by God and precious. You also, as living stones, are being built up on a spiritual house, a holy priesthood, to offer up spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. Therefore, it is also contained in the scripture, Behold, I lay in Zion a chief cornerstone, elect, precious, and he who believed in him will by no means be put to shame. Therefore, to you who believe, he is precious. But to those who are disobedient, the stone which the builders rejected has become the chief cornerstone, and a stone of stumbling and a rock of offense. They stumble, being disobedient to the word to which they were appointed. But this is our focus scripture. 
But you are a chosen generation, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, his own special people that you may proclaim the praises of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light, who once were not a people, but are now the people of God, who had not obtained mercy, but now have obtained mercy. Amen. When God decided on each one of our birthdays, he knew exactly what he needed you to accomplish in the generation that you were born into. You were chosen for that specific time period. Although the differences between one generation and another generation are broad, just imagine the differences within the same generation. But God already knew what shared experiences you would live through with others living in that era. For instance, regardless of what generation you're in, you remember when cell phones hit the floor. And when you arrived at church this morning, you were given a colored wristband marking your era. Okay? Everybody have a, who does not have a wristband? Anybody not have one? Very good. Where all my help at? Um, they did very good. If you, there is some in the back that don't have wristbands, but we'll uh, try to get you some. Why is this important? Because as a part of a chosen generation, we need to understand exactly what that means. Who else is classified as a part of this chosen generation? It's a prestigious group. And what does the inclusion in that generation require of you? When we think about a generation from the earthly sense, we think of a stage in a descendant, a set of family members, single, very distinct, like this one right here. There are, according to this picture, four generations. But which one is the chosen one? It is not you, Steph. <laughs> If I really had to choose, I would probably choose Mr. Sam or Noah, because the two in between is a little sketchy. <laughs> but let's see who we believe is the chosen generation. We have in this congregation alone six, almost seven generations. The silent years all my seniors between the years of 1928 and 1945, raise your hand. Stand, oh, you know, give them some props, stand up. In fact, can you, everybody stand up? Not everybody, just them. We see you, Miss Wendy. <laughs> so we have five, um, we have the senior years. They have the, the gold ribbons. They have a strong sense of responsibility to leave a legacy to their children. They believe in work before pleasure, and they lived through World War II and the post-war changes that increased their need to feel secure. Or maybe it's the overpopulating baby boomers. Where are all the baby boomers at? 
Give it up. Where my baby boomers at? This is actually more than half the church. All the baby boomers stand up. Baby boomers. And you see there's a wide range of baby boomers. <laughs> the baby boomers range from 1946 to 1964. They endured civil rights, the Vietnam War, the assassination of Dr. King and Dr. President John F. Kennedy. By the end of this era, era they became their started a distrust in government. Sound familiar? And a skepticism over the media. So, so we know where it started. But I have to ask you, is this the chosen generation? <laughs> Depends on who you ask. Generation X! Woo woo! Generation X! Not <laughs> woo! <laughs> Woo! We are the chosen. You know? <laughs> whoop, whoop. Whoop, whoop. You know? <laughs> okay, okay, sorry. We are the chosen because the preacher of the hour has the mic. And I am Generation X, 1965 to 1980. We are, we are the first generation, though, of latchkey kids. And the initial generation exposed to the highest level of divorce. We are classified as the generation that never tuned into social issues, unlike our counter arts before. But yet, we are the most educated because we have the highest percentage of us that left high school and went into college. But we are also the start of the what's in it for me generation. Yes. Yes. <laughs> but, we are still the chosen generation. <laughs> okay, and then there is Generation Y. Why, why, why? <laughs> why? <laughs> but I can't say nothing but Generation Y because almost all of our, our, choir, our choir this morning <laughs> was Generation Y. So without them, we will be clapping our hands. <laughs> so give it up for the millennials. Where y'all at? Where y'all at? <laughs> the, the millennials cover 1981 to 1996. Yeah, <laughs> it's wide. They are the largest generation since the baby boomers. They are tech savvy, immune to most traditional pitches. They grew up with it all. They've seen it all. And they've been exposed to it all at an early 
age. But they are also the most eth ethnically and racially diverse compared to the previous generation. So are they the chosen generation? Not really. <laughs> generation Z. We are running out of alphabet. Generation Z covers 1996 to 2012. They have never had a time when they weren't connected in some form or fashion. And then last but not least, they are already starting on Generation Alpha, which is 2013 to the present. Where are they? Where is it? <laughs> no. <laughs> Generation Alpha. We all have something to say about this generation. All I had to do was Google this generation to view some of the common thoughts. Our generation has lost the value of romance, the value of trust, the value of conversation. Sadly, small talk is the new deep. Stuck in a generation where loyalty is just a tattoo, love is just a quote, and lying is the new truth. Mm. This is a generation that is really detached from the core human values that lead to dignity. And last but not least, I'm nothing like this generation. I just live in it. Everyone has something to say about this generation. But because we are a Christian group, let's find out what God says about this generation. So let's go back to your textbooks. For my note takers, the Bible dictionary actually classifies a generation as simply people living at the same time. In Mark 8, 11 through 13, Jesus is talking to the crowd and he says, this generation must have a sign. They wanted a sign. They wanted proof of what he was speaking. They wanted proof of his power. They had to receive a sign from him. This generation always had to see before they wanted to believe. This generation. In Mark chapter 8, verse 38, he called it an adulterous and sinful generation. We talking about in Jesus' time. Sounds like a quote off of Google, if Jesus had Google back then. Sinful and adulterous. And in Mark 9, chapter 19, he calls them a faithless generation. A faithless generation, a generation that literally walked with Christ, was a faithless generation. When he was speaking, he was speaking to the Pharisees, but guess who else was in the crowd? The disciples. Disciples that didn't believe enough to be able to carry out the power that he had already gifted them with, a faithless generation. Jesus referred to them as this generation. Jesus' reference to this generation is all-inclusive. Pharisees and disciples, young and old, all ages, all genders. If you are alive, breathing, guess what? 
you are a part of this generation. The same generation that we talk about that has lost its values, that uh, don't know what they're doing with their future, that have no drive, that want everything now. Guess what? That includes the baby boomers. That includes Generation X. That includes Generation Y, Z, Alpha, Omega, Beta, and everything else that comes after it. Peter's only distinction was not which generation was chosen, but the fact that you were chosen. How do you feel when you're chosen for something? What about when you, you have chosen and you know you're not adequate? I wanted to be chosen for the basketball team. And that's the truth. It is. It's the truth. I used to love playing basketball. Because guess what? When we all start out, we all the same height. We start out the same height. I like playing basketball in elementary school. I don't know what happened after that. So I was never chosen for the basketball team. But if I had been chosen, I felt like I would have to prove something that I was adequate to be on that team. So the fact that God has chosen you, when you know doggone well we are not adequate, we should be working extra hard to prove that we belong on this team. Although you have been chosen, you still have a choice on whether to follow, because while it does come with royal benefits, it also comes with responsibility. So let's get back to our textbook and look at 1 Peter 2, 4 through 5. But this time, 4 and 5, verses 9 and 10. But this time, we're going to read it from the Message Bible. Okay. Present yourself as building stones for the construction of a sanctuary, brilliant with life in which you'll serve as holy priests, offering Christ-approved lives up to God. Verse 9, but you are the ones chosen by God, chosen for the high calling of priestly work, chosen to be holy people, God's instruments to do his work and speak out for him, to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you from nothing to something, from rejected to accepted. What does it mean to present yourself as building stones? Christ is the foundation and we are the building blocks. There is an interdependence on one another. The same way that I may have peers within my same generation I am to link myself to all the connecting groups. We are to build on one another. But you are the ones chosen by God for high calling to priestly work. Did you know that you were priestly? Not just this front row, not just the ministers, but we are called to be priests. What that simply means is that we are charged to draw people to Christ. 
We have the responsibility to connect those that don't know him, to introduce him to those that need to know him, and to be holy people set apart. But this is where it got interesting for me, because I kind of like the royal priesthood part. Royalty. Square your shoulders, stick your chest out a little bit. But then he talks about what I'm supposed to do. You're supposed to tell others of the night and day difference he made for you. So you are supposed to tell your story. One thing that the Generation Y does, they're going to ask you questions. The millennials are going to ask you questions. They want to know why. And some of our older generations, including Generation X, we want to keep our stuff hidden. But we weren't called to keep our stuff hidden. We were called to allow God to fix it so that we can expose it so that hopefully improve the generation coming behind us. We are supposed to tell of the night and day difference. But please, make sure the night has turned to day before you start sharing it. You're supposed to go from telling about how you were nothing in Christ to something. How you went from rejected to accepted. So for all my visual learners, let's do a little exercise. Um, Erica, where's Erica? Come, come on, Erica. Now you knew you I was going to call you. Why didn't you sit closer to the front? So Erica and I are in two different generations, right? Right. Okay. Thank you. We're, on, we're in two different generations, right? But there is a need for this connection. There is a need for her youthfulness and her view on life the way it stands right now. But yet there's a need for the hopefully some wisdom that I've attained in the eight years that separate us, okay? But it's not, sometimes we often think of pouring into the younger generation, pouring into the younger generation. But guess what? Where's Reggie and Arlene? Reggie and Arlene, come on. The same way that I need Erica for me to navigate the world, this couple right here, these are my surrogate grandparents, right? Get that? When Boaz do come, they need to come past the Herndons, okay? But sometimes it's not a direct, me and Erica have a direct link. We work together on a lot of things, right? Sometimes your impact is being able to view your life without even talking to the person about their life. We are to be an example to this generation. I don't need to always talk to the earners to see what kind of couple they are, how they're living, what kind of standards that they have. I don't care if I'm over here in section B and they over here in the brewer section part-time, okay? I can see the life that they are living by the way they are walking it. And this generation does not want to get lip service. They want to see that we are living what we say we are living. As we do, others will be drawn to us. Janiah, where's Janiah Williams? Mm-hmm, come on, girl. Now, this one was a surprise. She's sitting there like, why she called me? <laughs> Erica uses her 
You're going to stand right on that bottom one. <laughs> Erica uses her giftings and her lifestyle to pour into a generation, right, before they get to their mess. <laughs> okay? Right? Sometimes we're trying to correct our mess that's already established. Sometimes our lifestyles need to try to beat the generation before they get to that. Because eventually, guess what? Where's Eden? Eden? Come on, Eden. Because eventually, even though they are only a couple years apart, you have someone like an Eden. And a, where's Tristan? And Tristan. Okay? They are still, where is Tristan? <laughs> Come on, Tristan. You see these, this one right here, okay? This one right here need to be probably behind Reggie and Arlene, okay? Come on, let me move y'all down here, okay, for this demonstration, okay? Come on down here, Eden. Eden, work with me. Y'all stay right here, okay? Stay. You have a representation of how we need to link, okay? We are all one generation, a single generation. It is not this generation that we keep talking about that doesn't have and doesn't do. It is this generation that, that is determined to keep their stuff secret. No, because I need it. I need their stories. Erica needs my stories. Janiah needs Erica's stories. And then they are going to need Janiah's stories, okay? And God knows who's coming after these two right here. We better get working now. Because these two right... This first son is coming up first. <laughs> these two right here are literally the epitome of what happens when you pour into your children early, to be honest with you, okay? Um... Eden has a personality and a confidence all her own at, that we are still trying to find over here in Generation X, right? And Tristan is, is just Tristan. Tristan, <laughs> Tristan is Mr. Energy. But guess what? Tristan soaks in everything. He does. He soaks in everything. So if you take away nothing from this message, is understand before you say anything, make sure you're mindful of what you're doing, regardless of the generation. Amen? Amen. Thank you. So I need all my youth to stand up. All my youth to stand up. Whether you're going to college, whether you're going to school, you're not even ready to go to school, okay? And I need you to look around. Look around. I want you to look these adults that are still sitting in their eyes. Because guess what? We are obligated, according to the chosen generation that we say we are, we are obligated to be a good example before you. And at this point in time, I grant you permission to hold us accountable. Hold us accountable. We expect you to go to school, we expect you to do this because we said so, but then you turn around and you see something different. 
If you see something different than what we're saying out of our mouth, guess what? Pull us up. Pull us up. Now I need all the adults to stand up. And look around and look at your peers in their eyes. <laughs> Don't look too deeply. <laughs> it is not that kind of message. <laughs> okay, back up here. Back up here. Okay, all y'all grown people, we are obligated to one another. The one thing that we often don't like is to be pulled up or checked on our own mess, okay? And we often connect ourselves with people in our own generation because I know my stuff is secret with my inner circle, right? But we are not just a part of an inner circle. We are, under God, we are God's inner circle. And if we don't get checked by our own, the last thing we want to do is get checked by the world and them call, telling us we're not living up to the God that we said we serve. So the next time I roll up on you or you roll up on me, I won't get upset. And don't get upset with me. And if you do, take it up with the uh, group leader. That would be Jesus Christ. Okay? Amen. So... Out of all the quotes that I found when Googling this generation, this is my favorite one. Those who criticize our generation forget who raised it. You can talk about these Generation Y all you want, but come, come to find out Generation Y is the children of them baby boomers. Okay, we raised this generation. And as I went through the history of each generation, we are only the product of what we lived through. We have the shared experiences that created our generation. So as a combined, unified generation in the sight of God, we all have a part to play in raising one another. Our youth may be returning to school, but we all have a role to play in their success. Our young adults may be fighting to find their grounding in society, but we all have a role to play in helping them navigate the challenges of adulthood. Our middle-aged and seniors may not be technologically sound in this ever-changing world, but it is our responsibility to make sure that we don't leave anybody behind. And this is just within these walls. In these walls, we have an entire community, an entire community that needs our stories, that needs our building blocks, that needs us to set the foundation so they can come up to another level because our work is not within these four walls. We are collectively God's chosen. None of us are a complete structure on our own. We are a single building block designed, designed to be linked together and built upon.
So, any good teacher, even on the first day of school, gives homework. So y'all got homework today. Yes. Okay, this is your homework. You need to check your generational links. Identify where you are missing a generation. In other words, you should have at least one color you're connected to. You're either pouring into or they are pouring into you. Five, there's five of them in this room. So do you have a linkage to all five groups? Yes, who does have all five groups? Okay, so you need to find one from all five groups. If you do have them, continue to strengthen and broaden them because that's not the limit to your existence. And if not, take the time to connect to the other generations. I always laugh at Elderberry, right? We have that relationship because when we first had to teach as elders, the young adults, he was like, that is not my generation. But he will be the first to tell you that spending time with them not just grew them, but grew him. That's the purpose. We grow ourselves and the person that we are pouring into. And when is this assignment due, Ms. Rhines? I know you're probably asking that. When is it due? Immediately. Immediately. We don't have time to waste. We don't have time to let another generation come up behind us and us not make the impact that God assigned us to complete. We have a generation to impact, whether they are in front of us, behind us, on their way, or about to complete this journey. We have a job to do. Class dismissed. We, we said that we're all chosen, a chosen generation, but you do have to make a decision on whether you're going to call Jesus as your savior. So while we make an assumption for the purpose of this sermon that we're all chosen, that is not something that we take lightly. So right now, if you do not know Jesus as your Savior, if you are not a part of this chosen generation, we invite you to come down now. Or maybe you were a part of the chosen generation, and you still are because you don't lose it, but you feel like you've been disconnected from the team. You've been disconnected from, from Jesus. You are also welcome to come restoration baptism if you want to show your show the world an outward sign of what you believe we invite you to come up for baptism and then new members I'm sorry as Melanie shared new partners because we are partners and 
building blocks in this journey called life. And we cannot do it alone. So we invite you to become a partner in this saving station. But if all hearts and minds are clear, the good thing is when you're a part of this group, our leader, our Lord and Savior is always available. So you can come to him at any time or you can grab one of our ministers, pastors, leaders to help guide you through that journey. Amen. Amen.